0: Welcome to Hot Plate, the conversations we should be having about our food and drink. I'm your host Mirella Amato. Today on the Hot Plate, we talk about the real issue behind food waste. Ditch the packaging with our very first guest, Michelle Gentner from Unbox Market. Then we let the creative juices flow before diving into a zesty weird widgets.
1: So here we are, now episode are, seven. Episode seven. It's really exciting that this. It's. I feel like the momentum has really grown, and it's delightful to be here. This many episodes in the can.
0: It's flown by, but at the same time, it yeah. feels like we've been doing this forever. In it a way, it does feel
1: like we. And that we're that we're like the comfort is really awesome, right? I know. We've really sort of settled into a groove.
0: You think uh, we knew each other forever?
1: You would think. Interesting. I like it. I like that. I like that. The magic of our connection has been saved up for this moment. Right. Because we really, we truly actually have known each other, known of each other for a while. True. Uh, But we have never done this. Uh, And so the fact that now it appears to be the right moment feels really sweet.
0: I love that. I love that perspective. I hadn't thought of it that way, but I'm going to choose to believe that. Yeah,
1: man. I like it.
0: Nice. So, what are we okay. talking about
1: first? So, we are talking about food waste. Okay. Right. It is really hot. It's on the topic. You know, it's on the tip of everybody's tongue, um, and I have been seeing a lot of restaurants talking about no, no food waste menus. Right. Right. We were uh, also
0: talking about that gentleman who was dumpster diving. Right. Uh, food importers That's and exactly getting huge it. batches of fruit.
1: Right. To make it to spirits. Right. It, precisely. In the right. Episode. And so there I feel like there's no there's no uh, objection to the notion that any effort around curbing and mitigating waste of food is really important. True. However, when I see like I do not think that we should place too many eggs in the basket of restaurants. For the sort of the focus of the responsibility for actually addressing this issue.
0: Oh, okay.
1: Right, and so when I see all of these no food waste menus, mm-hmm. uh, right on in a in a professional context, I'm like, that is, it's sweet and it's awesome and important to keep the conversation going, but that's not like it's also a business decision. Yeah, yeah, it's a bottom and, line it's, issue. and it's it's a marketing and more sort of like cultural zeitgeist kind of thing. Yeah. right. Because truthfully, any kitchen. It working, you know, properly should have the already the most minimal level of food waste because the restaurant, the restaurateur, and the chef know that food waste is money in the garbage can. Exactly. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh. So it's not, it's it. That's not where the food waste problems are arising. So where and are so they? And so it's dangerous. Uh, there are two places. One is industry. Obviously, right at the at the at the industrial production and distribution levels, right? Because we're talking about grocery stores and dumpsters and distribution centers, you know, corporate farms, this sort of thing. And then the other, which, which is really what I want to focus attention to, is the house yes. and the home. Mm-hmm. Right? I found a study that said uh, with two 2017 numbers, the average Canadian household wastes one hundred and forty kilograms of food per year.
0: Is that the food itself? Yes. Or is that just the peels and the... Well,
1: whatever the volume of that stuff, that organic waste, <gasps> be it that it just rotted in your fridge because you didn't pay attention to it. whatever, You know, however you got there, mm-hmm. we don't know. But the volume of the organic waste of uh, and food waste from a, a house, 140 kilograms a year. That's a lot. It's a, t- it's a, it's a huge amount of food, right? And I think... Uh That a much more appropriate focus for our attention on food waste. Right. It's sort Mm -hmm. of because truthfully, uh, if you want to, uh, you know, address food waste, you need to pay more attention to what's happening in your own fridge. That's true. Right. It's true. uh, And you need to cook. Mm -hmm. Right. Dealing with, you know what I mean? Managing food waste is about cooking and about having... And strategizing. Yes.
0: Strategizing, you know, can I make two or three different things with this thing I'm buying? Precisely, right. What can I do with the leftovers? Can I freeze it? That kind of thing. And
1: how, how can we extend things? How can we turn one thing into something else? And... And I feel like the most Herculean effort is at like 4.30 or 5 o'clock in the afternoon when you're super hungry and thinking about the thing you want to order or the pizza or whatever it is, to have the mindfulness to pause and really consider what is in your fridge.
0: You know, here's an interesting thing. Tell me. Some of my best meals, my absolute best meals, have been just looking at what's in the fridge and haphazardly Mm -hmm. slapping it together, usually on pasta. Totally. They're the most surprising meals and at the same time the most frustrating meals because I've thrown it together and I, you know, right. I and was so just going not cohesive, with the feel. Right. No, no, in the sense, no, not because it's not cohesive, because okay. I don't remember what I did. Uh, you know, it's not something that uh, I can replicate one time, one time only. in any way.
1: Okay. Uh, okay.
0: Uh, partially because I might not remember exactly what I did and sure. partially
1: because when am I going to have
0: all those, that random that, combination of things Precisely.
1: in the fridge again. Yep. Uh, that, that is, that is totally true. I, th- I think that that is the delight. Yeah. Of the like, who knew that these would work so well together, right? But and I, I play the same game, uh, and I call it not buying anything night, right? I'm like, there is the volume of food is sufficient to fill me for dinner tonight. Yeah. What it actually looks like, who knows? But we're not buying anything, right? I'm That's not right. paying. You're not. We're gonna use whatever is in this house already to make ourselves a meal, uh, and it's always that p- the push for a bit of creativity, mm-hmm. understanding that I'm already. You know what yeah. I mean? I'm already hook, line, and sinker in for the effort. Mm-hmm. Uh, always produces something uh, fantastic. So do you have
0: go-tos? Because my go-to will always be uh, in olive oil with a little bit of garlic um, and salt and pepper. Yeah. Uh,
1: yeah. Is there I, a- of late, I have been uh, really serious about fried rice. Ooh. Right? And yes. because anything can be chopped up and put into fried rice For sure. really effectively. Um, and then recently I started paying attention to this awesome Korean YouTube chef. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she showed me how to make these fantastic vegetable pancakes. Right? Classic Korean vegetable pancake.
0: So is that just with some flour? What are the, what do you of need egg, to it's have? Egg-y.
1: Oh, egg. Okay. It's eggy, uh, a bit of flour, um, And a little bit of baking powder just to give it a bit of light and sponginess. And then you chop up all those veg so that they're all sort of the same size, mix that all together, get it, you know, in the pan. Um, There's, I always have a jar of some funky, pickly kimchi something, Mm -hmm. right? And together, that is a perfect, delicious meal. It is really for prioritizing uh, cooking food for yourself. Right. Because we, a lot of people do a weekly grocery shop. Mm-hmm. They fill the fridge with all of the good food and their sort of hopes and intentions for all of the meals that they're going to make. <laughs> yes. Right. But then work in life gets busy days, you know, tiredness, laziness, whatever it is shows up. Uh, what I think one of the most important things people can do is is keep their fridge and their home kitchen as the priority for mealtime. Yes. Right. Instead of just letting things die in the fridge and then do, and then uh, doing a clean out so that you have space to put the fresh things in oh. to let this painful cycle start all over again. Yeah, that's not uh, good. Right. Let's intercept that somehow. And let's and let's really uh, connect to those intentions of the versions of us that did that shopping and bought all of those things uh, follow through. Yep. with yourself right make those meals do those things um because that is going to prevent the amount of food that actually goes into your organic bin and that is actually going to start tackling this 140 kilograms of waste that we're all putting out there every year
0: such a huge number
1: it's crazy huge man
0: and worst case just uh turn whatever's in your green bin into some spirits i love that, and sell that. right
1: <laughs> amazing solid strategy thanks <laughs>
0: Joshna. Very excited.
1: Uh, I'm very excited. We have
0: our very first guest our ever in the studio. Our first guest ever.
1: Welcome. My, welcome. Thank My friend you.
0: Michelle Gentner is here with us and she is the co-owner of Unboxed Market yes, in Toronto. When did that open, Michelle? Just February. Very, very I'm baby new. new. Baby new. Right.
2: Yeah. But yeah. you've been in the industry forever. Yeah. So I personally started serving when I was 14 in a Little truck stop, literally side of the highway in a nice. small, small, small town, Vanastra Ontario. It's still there, actually, Kate Station. Um, and continued serving and bartending and doing all sorts of random things up until um, my partner, Luis, and I opened uh, Habits Gastropub. And we ran that for five years and very hands-on. Um, I ran front of house and Luis uh, mostly ran the kitchen. We had some chefs to start, but then he took over and ran the kitchen. Okay. Uh, and then we rebranded into a brewery. And I was still very hands-on, literally taking kegs to Hamilton, to the Danforth, all mm. over downtown. Um, and doing keg cleaning and line cleaning and all of those things. Um, and we sold woo, sold the place about a year ago, just over a year, February last year.
0: So, Michelle, I brought you in today. Because of a topic that's been on my mind, I have recently rediscovered corn. And going to the grocery store, I have found that the big bin that once was the corn that you could dive into mm-hmm. and you know sh- I think shucking is the word you you uh, know you open it shuck, up yeah. and see what's going on has now turned into four pieces of corn, Saran wrapped, yeah. onto and a, a piece tray. of the styrofoam, styrofoam
2: tray,
1: yes, yes,
0: which um. I don't understand the advantage. First of all, I can't see the corn. Second of all, I'm pretty sure that saran wrap is not doing the corn any favors Uh -uh. as it's sitting there. And then, you know, it's all this garbage. Yeah. And it got me to thinking about food packaging and, you know, why is it there? And uh, it occurred to me with your new Unboxed Market that you'd be in a great position to address, you know, is it way more challenging when you don't have
2: packaging as a producer? I don't know. Hmm. So so the easiest, shortest, most succinct answer to that is um, shelf life. And okay. it's not to the consumer's benefit. It's to the store's benefit. So yes. um, oh. if you yes. take a something and wrap it in plastic, that's something um, purportedly, quote, unquote, lasts longer. Right. And so... Really? Yeah. But so the corn is an interesting one because corn is something... I grew up in southwestern Ontario surrounded by mm-hmm. cornfields, and I can tell you that from the moment an ear of corn is picked, it is starting to convert starch. So the freshest right. corn yeah. is all sugar. So I don't care if you wrap that in plastic. I don't care if you, if you wrap it in a thousand layers of plastic. It's still converting to starch because that's what corn does automatically once it's taken off of the stalk. Mm-hmm. So... If it's sitting there for three days or three months, it's just going to only get worse whether it's in plastic or not. Which is right. why I was like, corn is an interesting one that you picked. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> and I don't know why you're on corn, but awesome. Um, whiskey, probably. And uh, the, <laughs> the, um, the thing with all of this packaging that has just um, exploded in our world is very much created for the top down it is not the consumers benefit no i benefit. See, i get this it yeah. is it is um you know there was um, the episode that just aired recently on CBC and they're showing an individually wrapped orange pepper and there's a s- sticker on the pepper that says that it was made in an Ontario greenhouse or mm-hmm. grown in an Ontario mm-hmm. greenhouse and then it's inside of this plastic wrapper and on the plastic wrapper is another sticker that says um, packaged for extended shelf life, freshness. And right. It's like the consumer doesn't care how long it sits on the shelf. The consumer wants to know that when they get home, that pepper is fresh. Mm-hmm. So fresh by whose standards now? Is it fresh because it's been on the shelf for three weeks, but it's been in plastic? Yep. Or does it not right. also still age? Like, yeah. is it
1: uh, the plastic huh. wrap does not pause time?
2: Right. Right? It's like, otherwise, why would facelifts exist? We could just wrap our faces in In plastic plastic wrap and then...
1: That's a really good point. No
2: wrinkles. Here's what I'm wondering, though, just coming from a beer
0: perspective. um, Oxygen damages everything, Mm -hmm. right? That's, uh, you know, partially why we wrinkle and so on. (laughs) And uh, in beer, we solve that with CO2. I wonder if in those plastic bags, maybe they remove the oxygen and replace it with another gas.
2: I wouldn't think so. No? Because it's just going through a production line... Um, they're sending a pepper down, and it's like hot sealed on each end.
0: That's so odd because, in my experience, yeah. when you seal something up, a, a, a fruit or a vegetable, it goes bad more quickly.
1: Yeah. Well, I have an I have an example from my hospital food life. Okay. Where you know that like that plastic triangle of an egg salad sandwich. Mm-hmm. One hospital I visited, um, they were injecting extra CO two into those packages to make them last for seven days. Gross. Right. I don't nobody should be eating a sandwich that can last for seven days. Uh, But the side effect of that required a more uh, heavy duty seal Mm -hmm. to keep the gas in. Right. Which is my first indicate my first tell that there's there's actually no injection of gas or anything. It is just uh, I believe there's a lot of this the same way public health speaks to the like lowest common denominator to ensure that there's absolutely no, you know what I mean. There's nothing. Everybody thinks there's safety mm-hmm. happening, so mm-hmm. that your your own human kind of decision making and judgment doesn't need to be involved mm-hmm. in this process, yes. right? Like I, that's how that's how they build it. Uh, and so using all that plastic makes you think that you're getting it's a special, space it's more safe sanitary, thing. Yeah.
2: it's more whatever. And it's and it's true. And actually, it's funny. I had um, a young woman in the store yesterday, and she bought a pair. Mm-hmm. And she was on her way to work. And I said, uh, you know, here's your pair. It was, I don't know, 50 cents or whatever. Yeah. She gives me her money and she's off on her way. And before she's even out the door, she did one of the sweater rubs and yeah. bites it. Yeah. And there was an older woman on the other cash lane. And you haven't been to my store yet, but I have a dual cash lane and we stand in the middle. So you can okay. run both tills at the same Smart. time. It's very yeah. efficient when it's a small store. It's yeah, very sure. tiny. Um, and this woman got really upset with me. Because the other woman had walked out the door and had just eaten the pear without even thinking to wash it first or peel the skin off. Peeling the skin off kills me also because, like, that's where all the vitamins and fiber and all the things that you want in the skin. Um, But she was like, she didn't even wash it. And I said, why do you care? And she's like, oh. People today have no education. They just don't understand. Back in the day, it wasn't like this. And I looked at her, I was like, back in the day, man, we would walk out and pick it off the tree and put it in our mouths yeah. with whatever the bird had dropped on it, with whatever bugs yeah. were crawling around in the tree. Like yeah. nobody, would you know, it was never a thing. And she was, I can't believe you didn't say something to her. I'm like, why is it my place? To say something yeah. to her That's about what weird. she's well, eating. That's what I'm saying. Right? It was
1: like so. But this whoa. is evidence of how effectively the industrial food system mm-hmm. has built the hysteria mm-hmm. around food safety. Yeah. Right. I think it is empty hysteria.
2: So your perfect example of this is the organics. Yeah. Um, I was going to ask about that. So in our store, the probably number two, if not number one question we get is, is everything organic? And the answer is no. Right. Uh, And it will not always be organic Mm -hmm. Uh, for two reasons. One, organic is generally, for most people, cost prohibitive. And Luis and I strongly believe that people should have access to good whole food. Mm -hmm. And you can't do that if your store is niche. Um, As much as niche markets are awesome and they have their place in the world, they are niche for a reason. And we want everyone to be able to come in and shop at our store. The second reason is because easily 90 plus percent of organic food comes wrapped in plastic. Already, I That's have so seen weird. pictures of of and I don't know if they're photoshopped or not, but I have seen pictures of banana trees that are organic banana trees, and they bag the bananas. Yeah, they bag them as they're growing. Yeah, yeah, before they're even picked, they're bagged, which is terrifying because like CO two and offgassing and all the things we're talking about. Now you're bagging the bananas, also to protect them from what? That's what the peel is the for. The world,
1: the world. But isn't there? I think there's an implicit suggestion that because they have not been sprayed mm-hmm. they need to be protected with plastic sure right but, i am not endorsing it but i think that that's what the attitude is but there's a thick peel yeah but <laughs> I, know, and, I know of all the
2: things and and so the right? the banana is not really the focus <laughs> yeah. shouldn't be the focus the peaches
1: and the raspberries yes but Make not the apples, bananas right like right. those
2: kinds of things but yeah. a banana um but so this was a, an entire part of the conversation of why we can't bring in a lot of organic products the other thing is Um, Some organic companies say that they will lose their certification if their organic product so much as touches a non-organic product. So if you put organic potatoes beside non-organic potatoes, they might, I don't know, like rush together – and or like in your in your baskets in your or in the in the trucks or wherever they are, and then and then oh, like come on. they're gonna be terrible, and you're gonna not be. right.
1: It's I very know, because and like the, I see this a lot with people who get so serious about washing produce, mm-hmm. and I want to hold them mm-hmm. and say, my darling, mm-hmm. whatever has been sprayed Just eat on it. that thing it's is it. not coming off with it's a rinse. It.
0: Yeah, exactly. Also, you're gonna cook it. Yeah, right. Yeah. So, I understand, you know, a salad, uh, lettuce, you yeah. know, especially uh, if it's come from the garden, I like to give it a little, you sure. know, rinse, rinse and make sure Get all the, the slugs dirt are it. floating like, out and things like that. makes sense, right? Um, and look, a bunch of coriander is always going to need, right? a bunch g- of coriander why? is always going to need it. So with your unboxed market, yeah, uh, my understanding is that you work with. Producers to make sure that it's not packaged from the beginning. Mm-hmm. You're not just receiving tons of packaging and pulling it off to put right. it in your store.
1: No, right? No, we're yeah, exactly. Right. no we're right. Uh, <laughs>
2: exactly. Yeah. Could
1: you um, imagine? So, oh man, that's funny. so I can, that I can imagine right. because it's, I know
2: that it happens where oh, yeah. yeah. people have done this, and and it's oh, uh, it's <laughs> hilarious. So, um, and so was much more labor intensive. It is always producers to still every to minute, do it? every minute, every time I'm not talking to customers or stocking shelves or because we're still very much hands off. Yeah. We don't have the we don't have the dollars to not be in the store. We're there all the time. Yeah. Um when Luis is on a shopping day, his day starts at four in the morning and he goes and he talks to every distributor and says, like, this is how I want it. And, you know, the other day he got a box of something and he didn't do a check before he put it in the van and he got back to the store and he was like, Well, what do we do with this? And he had to take it back because it's it was wrapped in plastic and wrapped, he didn't okay. know um, when it came into the, he didn't check. It was one box that he missed in his checking. Because even after right. he's asked for it, they'll grab whatever things are available and throw them in the truck. And sometimes it yep. is right. So yep. he checks every order, um, and it was one box that got missed. And he was just like, "Well, now we have to not sell this product today because I don't have it because the wrong thing came from market." So are the distributors?
0: Because um, uh, I would think, first of all, it's a cost saving because mm-hmm. they're saving packaging. Second of all, it's a time. Saving because yep. it k- takes time, mm-hmm. which is all to still cost, make that mm-hmm. packaging, which is again, yep.
2: yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, more it's Like you've owned a couple of places
0: <laughs> there, <Michelle. laughs>
2: and so I would think they would be in really enthusiastic You'd think to so. the idea. You'd think so. But I mean, uh, some of it is as simple as, um, just doing what you're always doing and yeah. some of it, the is, habit
1: of it is a huge deal and I some think, of it right? is
2: they're working with co-packers and so yeah. take for example flour mm-hmm. um and this has been a big question because people are asking about brands like what brand is this i'm like i don't know it's mm-hmm. it's a generic brand because you know there's i think there's like five flour mills in the country or mm-hmm. three or five or something They produce all of the flour for all of the brands of flour. Right. So if you're getting Robin Hood or you're getting Red Rose or you're getting whatever, unless it's something specific like Bob's Mill does Bob's Mill's Uh flours, uh um, it doesn't matter. So if you're sending it through a co-packer, that means that there's one guy who's doing all of the rigatonis for all of the brands. Yes. So trying to pull that section off for us is very difficult. Right. So we have to go through places that have, for example, already serviced other large bulk stores um, or other things that have already been um, adjusting to that. Um, But it also means that a lot of products we can't get in. We can't find English cucumbers that aren't wrapped in cucumber condoms. They apparently don't exist until local harvest comes out and we can get them from an Ontario farmer. That
1: is my understanding as well. Yeah.
2: You you just can't get them. Um, And things like we... um, ask for certain um, packaging alternatives like we have compostable packaging for um, if you forget your container and you want to come get something off the hot right. table mm-hmm. um, those kinds of things that took us months of research and, and finding mm. a company that we can work with that will make sure it's a product that has an actual life cycle that you know will end in our lifetime as opposed right, to with, with in our great great, right. great grandchildren's possibly never lifetime <laughs> yeah. Um those kinds of things, it's a constant conversation. And e- even today, I'll go home and I'll be sending some more emails um, after we close the store tonight and just being like, okay, what about this thing that we haven't been able to figure out? And what about this? That's all amazing. And then the added piece, because Josh, you know, we were talking about food waste right, exactly.
0: earlier. Mm-hmm. Uh, with Without the packaging, now instead of having to buy four pieces of corn, I can just buy one. Yes, I can just buy what I need. Mm-hmm. And
2: I think
1: you know which this reduces is a much better that way that to operate to the organics bin that happens in the fridge right? Yeah, mm-hmm.
2: and for all yeah. things like we have it set up you can buy one egg you can buy so good a, you know 125 ml of oil yeah. you can get like all of these things in the quantity that you actually need which is really good if you're trying out a new recipe and you know you buy the spices cuz you're super stoked and then yes. you hate it and then you have that half closet of spices yeah. that just go to your closet to yeah. die yeah yeah yeah, yeah don't have it anymore because you you can come in and get that little bit and try it It. and then if you love it come and get the pass of it
0: that would be a really fun thing to try yeah just to get a recipe and go in
2: and get exactly exactly what
1: you need yeah i'm curious to know about whether like whether the cost of your shop to put this all together balances on whatever may bring like whatever uh, a discount may be available for the product without the package you know what I mean? Like, so it depends.
2: F- yeah, I hear what you're saying. It depends on what it is, and okay. it also depends on the time of year. So right now, um, if you take one of the conglomerate grocery stores, they order things in by the literal truckload. Yeah. To their multiple, multiple stores around yeah. the country, around the world. We literally take a thirty-foot cube van and go and mm-hmm. do the same thing. So right. our cost um, ability is different because we don't have the negotiating power of asking for truckloads of things. Um, and guaranteeing a sale on those things. Mm -hmm. Uh, It also means that we can't forecast that we're going to have corn on sale in August because we haven't already bought the field. Um, So we won't ever buy a field of corn, No, probably. Um, But some things are definitely like the staples, you know, flowers and, and um, dried goods, legumes, Greens those kinds dates, of things yeah. are definitely easier. The produce and and um, meats are where it gets a little bit trickier. Meats especially because we're working very hard with local producers. We have row farms. We have Perth pork. We have Amazing. awesome quality people. And when you raise animals humanely and when you um, – I'm going to take heat for this from – Um, having a butcher counter, but when you're taking care of that properly, it is very much a um, cost because you're not just shuffling them through and and like running a conveyor yeah, belt of, of animals, mm-hmm. right? Like of the course. respect is there, so it takes time to do that properly. Yeah, that makes perfect um, sense. So so cost goes up and down depending on what items you're looking at, mm-hmm. but we try really hard to keep things competitive. Again, like we, the main point is to be able to have people be able to come in and access food and shop and live mm-hmm. healthy with whole, good quality items. Wonderful.
1: I'm so delighted awesome. that you exist. Thank you. <laughs>
0: One thing I wanted to talk about today is uh, this article that I came across Mm -hmm. that really warmed my heart. It was an article in the New York Times, and it was called Happy Hour at the Museum of Natural History
1: for Two Science Nerds. It was really sweet. I read it and loved it.
0: So one of them is, it's two gentlemen. One is a biological uh, anthropologist, and the other one is a No, genomicist. Genome, yes. Genome, which is something to do with DNA.
1: Yes, the genome, right? Yes. Genome, genomeist. Uh, anyhow, it's science. It's yes, exactly. <laughs>
0: um, and so these two gentlemen they meet at a room in the museum every Friday, and they'll share a couple of drinks and talk about their work and brainstorm ideas. And from these, you know, informal sessions, uh, ten books have been born uh, yeah, and you know, it's possible they would have written these books anyway, but they say, you know, these collaborative books, at, at least the idea was definitely sparked in those,
1: in those com- those those, those conversations. conversations.
0: And I mean, those people are my people. This uh, article indeed, was just right? yeah. so delightful to I read so between the geekiness uh-huh. uh, and the, and the beer. Um, and I particularly loved the the writers sat in on a session and they were talking about science. But every time they cracked open a new beer, they would choose the beer and yeah. then
1: take a moment to do yeah. tasting notes have, on that uh, beer. And that data, right? They had to talk about all the sweet data they've collected from those moments. Oh, amazing. Which I think is really lovely.
0: And I, I sat back and thought about it. And there's really two reasons that mm-hmm. I really appreciated the article. The first one was the social aspect of drinking. Yes. And food, of course, is also sociable. Yeah. But it's just a lot easier to pull a beer out of the fridge than it is to whip together, mm-hmm. a meal, of course, in these circumstances. But the idea that you know, with the togetherness, you have a beer and it brings you together, or sometimes it's a wine, conviviality thing, and, right? Yeah, uh, taking those moments, you know, to to unwind, especially if you're sciencing all day, <laughs> it can be a little intense. I'm sure it's
1: intense, yeah.
0: yeah. Uh, I'm not a genomist, but um, you know. It's a long day, and uh, I just love that aspect of it.
1: I, I really did too. I thought it was very sweet, uh, and I loved I loved knowing that they understood that there's a bit of an interdisciplinary share opportunity that wouldn't or that their the course of their working lives did not otherwise provide. For sure, right? That yep. felt really nice that they found themselves this sweet opportunity that has now become so prolific, right?
0: And to, yeah, to find commonalities and and intersections between what they're doing. Yeah. Uh, I think a couple of the books they wrote are about alcohol, though. Which is It sounds like awesome. it. It sounds like
1: it, yeah. Um,
0: but the other aspect that I thought was really interesting is, you know, we spend a lot of time really focusing on the negative impact of alcohol mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. overdrinking. And that's a very real yes. issue. Yes. Um, but the interesting piece of this particular article was the fact that a little bit of alcohol, and they, you know, they're very clear about the fact that they're just sipping, mm-hmm. does stimulate creativity. Yes. And the gentleman did say that they had ideas that they wouldn't have otherwise yes.
1: had. I, I, I'm with you. I had the same response because there is... Uh, This this leaning into a bit of intoxication. Mm -hmm. Right. As a and with these fellas, it seems more like just some inhibitions came down uh, and leaving room for creativity to blossom in that space. Um, And I think it's really important to understand that that alcohol can smartly be used this way.
0: That's exactly it. Yes, Uh,
1: I liked that a lot um, because and one of the things I wrote down here that I loved so much that they talked about was the intellectual fermentation.
0: There's been scientific research, Mm. a number of scientific studies. Alcohol does boost creativity. And what it does is it disactivates your working memory. So your working memory Mm. is the piece of your brain that keeps you focused on what you're doing and discards anything that you don't perceive as relevant to what you're doing on task. And so they've done a number of tests. And while drinking a little alcohol certainly will uh, not do great things for your motor skills and quick tasks, when it comes to creativity and problem solving, getting rid of these, I guess, blinkers, for Mm -hmm. lack of a better term, and opening your mind to a more free association Oh, actually man. stimulates so the creativity.
1: I love that. Yes. Uh, and I I have lived experience of this. <laughs> uh it's really the truth. It makes a lot of sense. Um and there's a like there's a way for us to really use alcohol. Yes. Right? And to use a sort of slightly intoxicated state uh, uh to 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 our own benefit, right? It doesn't it doesn't always have to be about being messy and embarrassing.
0: Yeah, it's not you know the the Tormented writer who's yeah. pounding back bottles yeah. and bottles of right. uh, whiskey, you know, just in moderation. It can do wonderful things. Josh and I have brought in a weird widget for you. Ooh,
1: I can't wait. I can't wait.
0: This one was uh, a whopping this. $1.99. $1.99. Okay. And I'm going to present it to you
1: for to, to describe. Oh. Have you seen this before? No. Neither have I. Oh, no, I haven't. This is... Okay, so this looks... It's its like a tool, almost like a toothbrush with no bristles on it. That's a great description. Right?
0: Uh, the edge uh, is a bit has, serrated. So it, you know what? It's one, like a, it's like a oh, shanking it, oh tool. Oh, my God, there <laughs> is. I'm just
1: feeling. So one end has a sort of uh, uh, a narrowed tip that even curves up a little bit. But at the very bottom, It's serrated. Oh my goodness. And then on the other side, we have two bits. We have one. Oh, I think I know what this is for. Oh, you do? We have one bit that has a little sort of like a, a teardrop sape scrapey bit. Mm-hmm. Uh with this with the small end at the bottom. And then the other side has this sort of raised piece with a space for something to travel through it. Yes. Right? It kind of looks like if uh you
0: know, a a prison shank made from a toothbrush in Oz. It is and,
1: totally an Oz uh, toothbrush prison shank. And a needle had a baby. Yes. With the, the eye hole Yes. There. But it is like, even just the way the body of it is built, it's a, you can hang on to this thing and do some stuff. Any thoughts? Uh, I am going to say this is something that you use to deal with a piece of citrus fruit. You are correct. The yeah. color is a clue. It's an orange peeler an orange? Ah, it is. And she produced an orange.
0: And check it out; it comes with instructions for the, all the different. Okay, so this is bits. what we need
1: to know. Okay, amazing. So the pe Wait a minute. To pierce and cut, if, right? If this works as advertised, I will be so impressed because right? it's it solves to a lose lot of it issues and remove. And then oh so this little raised piece on the back here is suggesting a twist for our cocktails.
0: Yeah, uh, entertainingly. A lemon twist. <laughs> <laughs> from
1: an orange which is delightful um, but um, okay. So sh-
0: shall we give it a try or yeah, hold totally the instructions? Gonna, I love this. Okay. For you. So that
1: teardroppy thing that I'm mm-hmm. talking about was is where we're going to start to sob and pull. Right? So to, we're going in and drag it. Oh, this is very It's working. It's very pleasing. This is very pleasing. Uh, I'm going to do two Right. Thankfully, we have a nice plate right here, and then this serrated piece is just going to lift this thing out. Right. That's the plan. Okay. Oh, it really gets in there. I should film this. this it's really, really great. effective. It's very effective. Oh, that's that's great. Now I want an orange twist.
0: Oh, well, maybe that's the the weakest. Oh no, no.
1: It's a it's an angle thing. Look at the burrow, the tunnel that happened here unbelievable oh this was a dollar 99 well spent i am shocked with how well that worked is look, it easy to should, do can i give I it was a gonna try say, try 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 all right it's gonna look give us all a this a yank right here oh look at th- beautiful it's it's pleasing too right it's really the way it slides satisfying. through it's quite pleasing
0: oh my goodness look at that well i'm not quite as smooth as you as oh but you got usual, it i, I got like it. what you've
1: done here Oh yeah! Oh come on! Look at that! Yeah, that's great.
0: Well, there you go. That's
1: effective. And do the make yourself some zest. It's quite it's quite nice. I do have a channel knife. I will admit. Yes, oh. right? You see? You see? And it's plastic. Yeah, and to be it's honest, just with slicing you, through, I re- like you could do this to a cucumber, and uh, you know, like that. This would work. Uh, I want to see how this thing fares on any citrus, right? A lemon, a grapefruit. Easily, so you're sold on this tool. Oh yeah, that's a great way to spend a dollar ninety nine. And I am sure that you will find other uses. The little serrated tip is a key move there. It's solid. Yeah, nice one.
0: Well, there you go. I guess it's a keeper.
1: Keeper. You're
0: gonna keep. You're gonna get one.
1: Oh, I'm gonna get one. I will. I will spend that money happily.
0: Yeah, me too. Thanks for listening. If you're enjoying the Hot Plate, rate us or leave a review. We'd love to hear from you. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Hot Plate Pod. Follow me at Birology on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. And follow Joshna at Joshna Maharaj on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Thank you to Joshna for joining us today. Hot Plate is recorded at Eggplant Picture and Sound Studios. Our audio engineer is Brad Tigwell. Original music by Dave Bell. Hot Plate is produced by Mirella Amato, that's me, and Dennis Coyne. That's a wrap.